Hi, this is Amir. And this is also Amir. And you are listening to the You Don't Love Me podcast. Life from the perspective of a gay South Asian married couple. Enjoy! Yeah, I didn't know we were doing this today. Hi. Why are you so demure acting, sounding? Because I'm just a demure human person. You know, you set this up pretty quickly. Well done. Thank you. Thank I you like, very much. You just did it. We go from space to studio very quickly, don't we? We do, we do. That's true. I'm very zen today. Oh, by the way, today I got called an influencer. By who? Um, by a friend of mine. They were like, oh, where are you? Are you doing this thing, aren't you? Which we can't talk about. And they were like, oh, are you just going as a regular or is he going as like an influencer person? And I was like, Ugh. what thing are you doing? <laughs> influencer person. Um, oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. No. yeah. And um, <laughs> we are doing that thing. I, I was like, oh, I, I hate the title influencer. We're going as podcasters. Yeah, we are podcasters. We are artists. We are um, human people, but we don't <laughs> regard ourselves as influencers. I hate the term Me influencer. Too. What? Too. Go on. Why do you hate it? Because I ain't influencing anyone. Yeah, I know. Who wants to be influenced by us? Me? Also, I feel like we should get a t-shirt and put write the words "human people" on it because you always say it, and I love it. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's very people, inclusive. It's a new brand. It's a new brand. It's a new day. It's everything. It's just everything you need in life. It's very inclusive until we start living on Mars. T. Oh my God, then we'll have like interplanetary wars because people in Mars are going to be like, Earth don't care about us. And then flat earthers. What? I don't know. I'm just chucking it out there because I know you love the conspiracies. Anyhow, Zobies, <laughs> how are we? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I just had a sports massage and like it was really good, but like it hurt as well, but in a in a good way. How dare another man lay hands on you? <laughs> like my calves right now, I can feel them. Yeah. Like, and I didn't realize it was that area that was probably one of, like, the, the area that really needed it. Yeah, because you, like, walk around really angrily. I'm not so. angry when I'm walking. <laughs> um, yeah, I have never had a sports massage. What was it like? Describe everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it was all about the bum hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of sports around there. Yeah. No, it was really good. It was, it was all about uh, muscles, especially areas that need it, and, like, sort of stretching as well. Okay. So, like, you stretch your legs out and stretch out. You stretch oh, and you bend in different ways. Oh, <laughs> and you knew what you were doing here. Yeah. Yeah. And there was oil. You knew exactly and what you were doing. And there was oil involved. Oh, my wow. God. I fell right into that one. <laughs> I walked right into that one, you little bitch. Well. Are you going to sing for us, babe? Oh, yes. But actually, there are loads of requests that are coming through, so keep requesting. Yeah, people actually like my singing voice. So I'm going to sing a song from Coke Studio Season 14. I haven't really learned the harmony very well, but here we go. Something. Oh, let me start that again. Rava tere naal ve ho Tere aadava tere Laggiyane maareya Tere aadava tere Laggiyane maareya Sanu chan maya Tere thaggiyane maareya Sanu chan maya 
तेरी ठगियां well done Everything about it is so rich. It's so great. I think it might be some of the best music ever made. You know, ever made. Yeah, like as a collection of songs. Oh wow! Yeah, it's so it's so well layered, isn't it? It's incredible, and it's just showing again, like you know, all the different genres in our heritage, and they can tap into everything. So you've got. You've got like pop, you've got hip hop, you've got grime, you've got rock, you've got it all, haven't you? You've got classic, you've got folk, you've mm -hmm. got Sufi music, and you've got it in different languages as well. Because obviously, in places like India, Pakistan, you have so many different languages, and I love the fact that they tap into those, so that that sort of rich artistry that's so regional uh, but so popular the world over is not lost. Do you oh, know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. They're not trying to recreate pop music. They're not no. doing a, a, a girl band tribute or something. That's what I love. I love originality. Yeah, and I feel like there's so much respect between the artists as well. Yes. Like, oh, yeah, I don't massively. know, there's, just, there's something magic there. And also, it makes me sad that I didn't get into it earlier in life. But also, it makes me realize that, you know, <laughs> some of the South Asians here were way behind those there. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, that's a different topic though. But yeah, I'm 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 deeply rooted in my heritage, um, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why you're exposed to more of yeah, it and in so a different way. Though. It's good though, isn't oh, it? Oh, honey, yeah. it's that good that some songs you can't listen to often. Yeah, because it's very like. Uh, yeah, it's like deep. It gets you mm. right there, doesn't it? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Honey, the killing it this year, as we talked about fame game before. That film, that Bollywood film, was incredible. Gangu by Kathi oh, Awadi, very so good. good. Do you know, I really want to watch it again today, but I don't think I'm going to have the time. Mm, I think you're busy, babe. I know I am, but I wish I wasn't. Honestly, I really would love soon to watch come. it. Soon come. Yes, soon, soon come. come. Yeah, 100%. And then we watched Batman yesterday, didn't we? Yeah, that happened. Anyway. Yeah. Gosh, we sound like a bunch of racists. It, really. it, it happened. No, no, but like, we're like, we love everything South Asian. Now, <laughs> Hollywood can fuck off. No, it's no. not that. It's just, it was just not a good film. Batman's been great as well over the years and stuff. It's got better. It's, um, this Batman was lost in potential. Yeah, and it was way too long. And, and this is coming from somebody who watches Bollywood films. It was so unnecessary. It was too indulgent. We didn't need a lot of it. There was oh, no, a I good, agree. like, 30%, I would say, that we could have cut out. It could be an hour short. I remember turning to you and I looked at it and I was like, babe, there's an hour left. I was like, you, like, you serious? You were like, shall we go? Yeah. I was, I was like, like, no, we've got to stick it out. Because then there were moments that were really brilliant. No, but there was a lot of talking like this. Yeah, he didn't bring anything There was a the lot role. of, like, pseudo-maturism and bravado that, very honestly, I don't think it exists in modern day society. Yeah. It just doesn't. And it just didn't feel right. It was like, oh, yeah, you want to be a big man. You want to talk like that. And like just making noises and that just lent itself, uh, lent the plot to move on. I don't even know how to say it. But I was just like, <laughs> that's how confused you are. I was like, my favorite thing was Penguin. I love Penguin. I love yeah. how unapologetically evil he is. I love how strong he is, despite not having like a super macho body yeah. or anything like that. He's just such a calculated, manipulative individual. Mm -hmm. And I love that. 
So oh, that's why you love me. Yeah, you're my <laughs> you're my penguin. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Like it's time for a gay Batman to be honest. I was right. Just why ready? They had, with a love story that's hot and they get naked. They had Catwoman in there, but like she wasn't Catwoman, but she was clearly Catwoman. She should have been lesbian. The, um, I don't understand how she wasn't lesbian. Yeah, I didn't need this fake love story that didn't work. Their, their chemistry didn't work. And, and the reason why I say I don't understand why is because like. I'm pretty sure she was living with uh, another girl and like... Wow, two girls can't live together now. They showed them like closely together. I don't know. It just lent itself. We wish there was that representation. And then she was like like, trying to seek revenge for her. Like there was, you know, this person was invested in this woman. So like, just make her a lesbian. Yeah, I agree. Do you know what I mean? Speaking of lesbians, yes. the man behind the bush. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So what is this episode called today? I don't even know. Oh, my God. Let's go with the man behind the bush. So we are going to interview the man behind the bush and learn a bit more about bush. Who is the bush? So, Lady, babe, okay, let's, let's get this off. Let's start from the beginning. Let's start from the beginning. So Lady Bushra has been around for about two years now. Yes. Um, from the infancy to now, and it's exploding and grown and been crazy, and I think it should be much bigger than it is, but that's my opinion. <laughs> oh my God, not me being a bitch already. Yeah, come on, soccer mom. <laughs> um, how did Lady Bushra begin? Can you just talk us through like the, the, the nice, fun trajectory of it? Like, How did it begin? How did it develop? And how did it get to here where we are now? And where are we now? Sure, I can certainly answer that. But before I do that, yes, this episode is all about um, the person who plays the character of Lady Bushra, um, the drag queen, and that is me. I am the one who plays that character. Exposed. I am finally exposed. But it's I'm... over, babe. Babe, you know it's over. It's... This is it. No, this is not. it. You've ruined everything. It's over. The it's illusion done. is over. The illusion. People might have thought it was me. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I've had a lot of, I've done several interviews and I've had a lot of people sort of ask me about a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. And I thought, do you know what? Why not talk about it in the most depth um, on our own podcast? Well, enough depth. Let's yeah. not give it all away. <laughs> Let's not give the magic all away. So you you asked me as to when did it all begin? Well, it began in February of 2020. I remember it was just an organic idea in my head of this character of a South Asian woman. And I don't know how it happened. Um, but I remember we were filming for a documentary with the Nazan Matt Foundation, uh, our good friends Matt and the producer Mira. And we were in Camden and we had this lady tell us off for <laughs> filming her shop, which I hope has closed down due to the pandemic. <laughs> but um, we <laughs> after, after that, I think we were in a coffee shop or something Want together. Having some chai. Having some chai. And the idea was in my head and I was trying to sound it off to them. And then I could see them laughing and I was like, yeah, Lady Bushra of Bradford. And they just started laughing and I was like, okay, I'm onto something. Then within the same month, I actually did uh, my first performance as Lady Bushra in London. That's how quick everything happened. And Lady Bushra had an Indian accent to begin with. What did she look like though? What, oh, what horrible. was the performance about? What was happening? So... I, the character developed so organically. It was supposed to be somebody who would act posh and sophisticated and therefore had an Indian, you know, Bollywood starlet accent. But really, she was a Bradford girl underneath. And so her, a bit like Tyra Banks, you know, her Bradford isms would slip out when she's pissed off kind of thing. And 
it was, you know, you and I did that show at Club Carly together and that's where Bushra kind of came about. And... With a little wig. It was a no. little post Jonathan Van Ness hairstyle wig. I had, I had bought a sari from a charity shop for £3.50. It was worth way more, but we managed to get it at a steal. And I had a little bit of tinted uh, lip balm. <laughs> and that was it. That I even used to rosy up my cheeks. A little bit of eyeliner. And that's it. We just hoped for the best and got <laughs> on stage. And people laughed. And, you know, we did interview jokes and stuff. One thing that was organic to me was humor and comedy. I'm naturally a funny person. And you've always wanted to do stand-up comedy. Yeah, you've, d- you've, you've dabbled in that and you've dabbled in acting and modeling and that kind of thing. Yeah. So all the talent, honey, was already there. Yeah. And it was a way to channel it. Yeah, it was a way to channel it. And then, of course, we had lockdown and then I started just doing uh, digital performances. When I made you do dumb shit, basically. When you made me do dumb <laughs> shit, yeah. What people don't realize is that <laughs> the man behind the man behind the bush is actually my husband. What are you want about? Oh. Who is fully like, stand there, do this, right? You're not doing this. This looks shit. What about this? Um, and I'm always grateful for it because it does really help. Listen, I could be a- another way and not support you at all. Because I am a bit of a starlet sometimes. <laughs> where like, if I'm not working for like a weekend or something, I'm like, nobody wants me. And I'm like, okay, come on, get up in geesh now. And, he, and he's like, yeah, you've got two photo shoots. I'm like, oh shit, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> um, and uh, I remember my first paid gig was during, well, apart from the London one, but I got paid to do some gigs during lockdown as well, which was quite fortunate Canada, was it? yeah my yeah the i did one with uh, canada um i did some stuff with uh, india and a few other places which was a lot of fun and then lockdown started easing and i was like oh and then during lockdown uh, there was a music parody that uh, me and a drag queen did called wet ass pussy and we called it wet ass barata and that kind of went everywhere and that became viral which we wrote produced recorded edited everything yeah we we it was shot in our place we sort of did all this um, sound lighting editing um uh, part of the wardrobe and all sorts um and it was good it was a lot of fun but then since then i did more content that became much much bigger and i've not looked back since i suppose uh, then lockdown started easing and i was like babe nobody's booking me and obviously <laughs> other drag artists have got relationships so they're gonna you know obviously prioritize their friends but i uh, did start to, to get bookings come in and i've not looked back since now you say no to them i hate saying no because to a bu- gig. when you're already booked yeah and, like and, I and just, also I, can i just yes. interject and you've got your own uh, comedy cabaret red residency in Manchester that's going around the country that's going in other places yes and you know just it's I don't even know girl talent speaks for itself you know you got on that Manchester Pride stage you did the the gigs around here and the word started spreading that oh wow it's not just online but we put a lot out there like you actually put stand-up comedy out there online yes we put that we wanted to put everything out there to showcase what you could do which is stand-up comedy is your mainstay yeah, a hundred percent. That's that's what I wanted to do the most. I mean, you know, I do sort of comedic lip sync numbers, which I'm known for, and they're fun and they're funny. But the thing that I uh, I'm all about chal- challenging myself. I'm not uh, the type of artist that wants to just operate in their comfort zone. I mean, I get it. People have a range, mm. but I I know that comedy is part is within my wheelhouse, and I really want to do stand up comedy. The dream would be. I mean, I love the drag comedy cabarets, and I think cabaret is something that's going to stick with me for a long, long time, which is great. I don't mind it at all. But I would love to do my own stand-up shows as well, you know? 
Cabarets, theatres, I think, I feel like that's very Lady Bushman's realm. Very, and, and yeah. obviously you'll do other gigs as well, especially a good Tucking Drag Brunch. Oh my God, yes, yeah, shout out to uh, Tucking Drag Brunch. Hey, hey, Charlie, Charlie always. I mean, that was one of the one of the first gigs that I did yeah. in Manchester. In fact, it was the first gig yeah. that I did in Manchester. No, one of the first gigs, I think. That, um, Juna Birch's Brunch. No, that was after. But, um, but they were the first few that think, you were booked on, weren't they? Yeah. Auntie Ginger Auntie booked Ginger you as well. For uh, Hags, the stand-up comedy. And Charlie and Auntie Ginger have stuck at it with you. They have, <laughs> and they still put up with me. They're probably one of my sort of closest um, queen friends. Um, in fact, I was just talking to both of them earlier today. They're lovely. Um, we have lots of shit planned. Oh, gosh. <laughs> A lot of stuff in the pipeline. And yeah, they've always been lovely supportive and they put up with me, which... Um, I love it, sorry, when you've got something planned and you always tell me, looking at me like, please tell me the answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know where I'm going half the time, but... That's um, why I'm here. But I'm grateful. Oh, So yeah, that's how Lady Bush has started. So where do, you, where, where do you think it's gone? Like At the moment, where do you think Bushra is at? Lady Bushra. Um, I think is the it a good place. I think the character is in a really good place. I think first and foremost, um, it's sh- it, it is entertainment. It is an element of show business, and there is that business element to it which has to take precedent. Um, I'm not big enough to be like <laughs> I don't care about any of that. It's my art, you know. I'm not that type of person. It has to be sustainable. Um, and you care. And I care and, you know, I don't want any business partner to um, be um, shortchanged and I don't want to be either. So and that, and that has happened to me. I have had uh, certain um, arseholes that have taken advantage and what have you. What was your question? <laughs> where, are you happy where it's at now? Where, yeah, where is it Bush now? So, we, yeah, you know, we I talked am... about, sorry, the fact that it started with like tinted moisturizer, a wig. Where has it gone in terms of the we know you're an actor. We know you're a comedian. In terms of the drag side of it, oh, where yeah, has it gone? Transformed. How did it get there? And how did you feel as it was progressing? Yeah, it's happening. I'm doing very... a really good job here with you're my questions, doing by the way. Though. I'm amazing. <laughs> Sorry, like, I'm kind of gassed. I was like, I'm like, mm, I feel like this is my talk show. Yeah, and you're I'm like... like evening with Lady Bushra. So where has it gone? Tell me now. And now you turned into Chanel. <laughs> Do you remember season one? And <laughs> she's like, did I, you know? Or did you know? Or were you that thinking that you is knew? literally the best reference right now. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I'm very happy with where my drag is right now. I've had a lot of support from, you know, it takes a village. It takes a lot of people. I am a village. Uh, it takes several people to support you, to like you, to be willing to give you the advice and um, for you to network with. And that takes time. And I think within the drag world, it happens very organically. You know, it's not often that somebody just lands out of nowhere and then everyone's like, hey, yeah, let's do something. You kind of did explode onto the scene. I did. But what I I want to always say is you are using all the talents you already doing and had through drag. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, about 10, 12 years ago, I used to be a model. Uh, I did bits of acting. So I had experience Sorry. of... <laughs> Every year you mentioned that, right? Yeah. Adding more years onto it. Well, yeah, because time remember, moves I know, forward. It's so weird. I remember it was like a few years ago. Five, I was no. like, oh my God, we've been together a long time. Oh, we've been together a long, long time. I was still modeling when we met. I, I was doing my final few gigs. Wow. The last, oh yeah, I remember that the builder last, one. 
Yeah, the you last. Sent me the pictures. The last modeling one I did was in 2015. So seven years. And ago. then they started saying to me, "Can you please send up to date pictures?" And I was like, "Yeah, I get it. I've got fat now, so <laughs> <laughs> I quit." <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but um, yeah, I had to then. But uh, yeah, I think now I'm very very happy with where it's at. I think with my makeup, I like it. Um, I'm stage ready. I have good stage presence. In terms of outfits, I've very much progressed from just wearing saris. I love saris. They are my absolute favorite thing, but I get I need to drag it up more. So, uh, Oh, God, we're doing that. We're, we are well and truly doing that. And uh, it shows. And I'm working with more designers now. There's more outfits. And the Gaysians are out here um, scanning you. With hair as well. You know, and the gay yeah, the Gaysians are coming out and they're, they're supporting. And, and you know, white people and every every race, religion, creed, you know, is, is more. No, of course. Content. I just want to mention that because usually... You know, that community might not come to all the drag shows. Well, you know, there is something to be said about um, likability mm -hmm. because queer South Asians have been around all the time. Oh, yeah. And non-racist white people have been around all the time as yeah. well. And, you know, I had this really good conversation with this theater owner who said that, you know, they'd be interested in working with me because they are they know of queer South Asians who would want to see my type of uh, drag and my art form. But what they said was, equally, they would not apologetically book a South Asian oh, artist just talent. for the sake of them being South Asian. They'd have to bring something to the stage. And I actually, I, I said I really appreciate that because... I don't want to be apologetically booked and I don't want white people to apologetically support what I do just because I'm brown. Support me if I'm good. If I'm not good, don't support me. I agree. That does not make you a racist. I'm leaving. I'm not supporting you anymore. And they, <laughs> and they have been uh, particular individuals who have tried to play the race card and go, oh, well, if you're not going to have me or, you know, I'm the queer South Asian representation and representation and platform and all this uh, buzzwords, jargon, nonsense. And I'm like, you perform once every three months uh, or you don't turn up to you the game. You have no good relationships, you're, you're shit. You're, yeah, I'm like, well, that the fact that you're not being um, seen is not because you're... Um, brown and they're racist it's just because you just don't have a great reputation that, that's the tea and also like book talent like when people approach you and book you and stuff they're not like yeah it's gonna be so good diversity they're like oh my god you're so funny i'm booking you that's what you want that's what it's i just want like, exactly. oh my god you're hilarious I, you have a queen that's like literally comes out to show it's just because like i've got to see what she's gonna do next i am first and foremost uh, uh, an actor a comedian a drag artist you know a drag comedian who happens to be uh, to be brown? Mm -hmm. I just happen to be brown. That's it. You know, I'm not. I never started out by saying I'm gonna be the brown one from South Asian heritage, and this is my culture, and everyone's invited. But if you disrespect it, I'm gonna murder you. No, I don't. No, that's not me. It just so happens that I have. I come from a rich South Asian heritage, and you know I am going to indulge in it because of it's course. part of my strength. But I just so happen to be South Asian, and the you know, white people love to see you indulge in it so much. And They're I tell like, you yes, something, Mama. There's that support and that screaming and that thing. That and moment. I and I tell you something. I think it's naive to be like, oh, I'm the first, or I've created the way because. 
white white people get to see Bollywood. They get to see um, South Asian superstars. They know what good South Asian attire looks like mm-hmm. versus bad. Just because they are not born into that culture does not know does not mean that they don't know what good or bad. Listen, if South- they can see, yeah, I know what a good gown looks mm-hmm. like and a bad gown looks like. You know, so let's not let's not um, uh, play those games. But I think. We need to take a little break. I think it's time for a little break. And then we're going to delve into the deep shit. Okie dokie. And we are back. Um, I think I'm going to say it this time. And we are back. Welcome to my talk show. (laughs) Anywho. so Welcome to Chanel and Bush. (laughs) We We should call the episode that. Chanel and Bush. Fuck off. So we've delved into, you know, how Bush began. Um how it started, where it's gone, and you're happy with it. You're doing comedy. You were shortlisted for a BBC New Comedy Award last year. You've got some great things coming up this year in terms of, you know, cabaret and theatre, and then, you know, all the other gigs that you're doing, and corporate as well, and weddings. There's so much that goes on behind <laughs> the scenes. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's the thing. So, my question to you is, where do you see this going? And you don't have to say, but yes. where do you see this going? Well, I can tell you what the dream is. Go on, then. For me, the dream is to do pure stand-up comedy in theatre venues. One day, maybe even arena level. Who knows? I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to limit myself. I would love to do something like that. Um, I would love to pursue interests in film and television. I think that would be wonderful to see. Um, And, uh, you know, I love doing corporate gigs. I really do. And I love Mm -hmm. doing weddings. So that would carry on. Um... Yeah, I think that that would be the 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 dream. That would be Fab. you know the the most stuff that I'd love to do. But that said, you know I'm grateful for any gig that I get. It's it's um, it's a bl- it's a blessing. But you know I'm I am genuinely very very grateful for anyone who approaches me because I know how hard some of these queens and some of these promoters work to put on their shows and what it takes to put faith in. Um, an artist and they are really happy that they are able to offer the opportunity to me I don't understand people who have this arrogance of well if this doesn't happen this way then count me out I I don't believe in that and you know there's people who call me a diva and I'm like well if you think I'm a diva (laughs) then what do you think of some of the other you're a perfectionist yeah I like somewhat you you like you know you want everything to go well you want it to be smooth you want it to be fun so that's that's you know that's what it is yeah but also like I really want to get into it a bit Mm. you know through through this process of creating the character Lady Bushra what have the biggest struggles been and how have you overcome them I think the biggest struggle has been internal um last year I think the majority of last year I was going through therapy um, with a lot of stuff that was going on in my personal life that we've spoken about in previous episodes. Mm-hmm. But then I started talking about Lady Bushra. And what my therapist said was that there's something in there as far as your um, therapy is concerned in the sense that this character is healing me. Mm-hmm. There's something definitely in there because Lady Bushra is this boisterous um, 19 year old teenager who comes from Bradford. Do you know what I mean? She talks the same way. And I suppose so many terrible things happened to me when I lived in uh, the Bradford district that this is my way of sort of reclaiming that trauma yeah. and repackaging it into something positive, you know? And I think it is somebody like me who would who is able to do that, you know? 
if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question or not. But Listen, it answers whatever you want to answer. It's about <laughs> the man behind the bush. So, yeah, that, that was a big sort of uh, learning for me. And then, like, in terms of uh, the industry itself, um, it's really taught me to be nice. Um, you know, <laughs> I come from a solid corporate background uh, and I, I know when I can be. Sometimes it's the tone, even yeah, though you are being nice. Tone, I know yeah. you. I know you. I see. I'm, I'm, I'm a nice I'm, person. I'm literally with you people. I'm like, yeah, he's been fine, but they're going to think you've been a dick. Yeah. And one queen caught me out on that. She was like, you're really lovely. And I don't understand why you've turned into this. But it's good that they did. And I'm like, no, I, I'm not being mean. I just need these, these bits of information by this day. But, you know, drag has really helped me sort of become a little bit nicer took some love hearts some exes yeah and um it's also um i don't know it's just helped me heal yeah yeah i, I you know drag is something that's going to stay with me for life i'm not saying i'm going to be a drag queen forever i don't think i will be but i think the experience of it is going to stay with me for life whether it's like you doing it going to see drag or the whole world yeah, of drag i really get why it's so important for our community oh yeah i, I really, don't really i don't do. do drag but i indulge in it yeah heavily. It's, so, it's so much fun heavily yeah you know i yeah, love yeah, yeah. going to drag shows i love that feeling Mm. No, it is, it is, you know, really important for our community. It really, really is. Okay, that's great. So what would you say, you know, the man behind the bush, what would you say some of your high points of doing this have been over the last few years? Um, Let's so, do some celebrations, you know what I mean? So many. I mean, I love, uh, as much as I'm talking arena and theatres, and, and I'm doing theatre shows, and, you know, um, as much as we're talking the future, I love a good intimate show. Yeah. Because the stakes are not that high. Yeah. And you can um, let your guard down a little bit and push the envelope, shall we say. So I remember one of my favorite gigs of last year was the Curiosity that Cabaret. Was, you, that was incredible that it night. It was so much fun. So that was as part of the Bitten Peach Collective that I'm a part of. Um, and it's a small intimate cabaret that's underground at Cruise 101 in Manchester. Um, sub 101 it, isn't it sub 101 yeah yeah it's on it's on hiatus right now but it was so much fun because uh lily snatch dragon was um heading it she's one of the founders of the bitten peach and she is an absolute delight when people i love people who get my sense of comedy and humor and i love it when they realize that nothing that i'm saying is malicious it is just me being an ass like she just, gets and it. she gets it do you know what i mean because i've had a couple of people that have said oh diva and usually those are the people who um harbor some racial biases i would say <laughs> because i see my caucasian counterparts asking for the same things and you know that's not an God, issue i've seen it literally um, on my eyes or they um just don't like working to that sort of level yeah. and, I, and i tend to find that they they're like ah, diva and i'm like no i'm not being a diva i'm just asking for a running order i'm just yeah. asking where to send my invoice do you know what i mean this isn't diva -dom. <laughs> <laughs> this is professionalism but lily snatch dragon is one of those um queer artists who gets it and is just you know, gives you it in, in spade loads back. So she was an absolute delight to work with. And I remember at the beginning, she was like, oh, would you like to carry this umbrella as part of your intro? And I said, this is like a, a Chinese umbrella. I'm going to get cancelled if I, if I carry it. And she was like, well, I'm giving it to you, so you can do it. So my entrance was me carrying it. 
uh, opening it up and acting really delicate and demure and then threatening to hit people with it. <laughs> on brand for Bushra. <laughs> Very on brand for Bushra, yeah. And uh, that was a lot of fun. I think another big highlight for me was Manchester Pride. Like, yeah. I can't believe I worked the Manchester Pride stage. Um, I can't believe you did reference so Airlines like, Call on Manchester Pride stage. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, so early on in my career as well, so that was an audience of about four and a half thousand people, which was which was incredible. Um, I think working with one of my absolute drag idols, uh, Juno Birch, was uh, a big highlight last year. God, this year's gone shit I compared it. to last year. I, 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 this year's already started. You got your own cabaret going. So oh yeah, about, true, true. I um, had no, that was brilliant. I was well looked after. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, I love Juno Birch. I, um, I have an unhealthy obsession with her, <laughs> and she knows it. So it was it was wonderful working with her. I think those were some uh, big highlights for me. Was it? Oh, and also, hello! I got to perform uh, my first international gig in I person. Uh, so I got to perform in Malta. I, I did my own show in Malta, and that was a lot of fun. Loads of great stuff, and you forgot to mention, you know, your um, moment when you got the BBC Comedy Award nomination. Yeah, I got <laughs> shortlisted, and, and I got to perform at Frog and But uh, Frog and Bucket, uh, which is a legendary uh, comedy. Uh, club in Manchester that you know all the all the greats have been there. So many highlights. So yeah, it's been it's been going really really well, and good things are happening this year as well. It is fingers crossed. We yes. keep moving and, and and we do it. You know that yes. that's that's the whole point. We just carry on growing the bush, the bush, the bush. How do you feel? How do you find the fan response? So that took some time getting used to, and there was a lot of. Um, Initially, there was a lot of, hi, are you a fellow cross-dresser? Would you like to show me your bum? And I was like, no. And then you gave me some good advice. You were like, if you're playing the character of a 19-year-old teenager, then you need to respond as a 19-year-old teenager. So I think now I've struck the balance. So when some creep gets into my DMs, I'm like, I'm just a 19-year-old girl from Bradford. I don't have a beard. What are you talking about? And that usually, sends, my PayPal. And that usually sends us unpacking. Oh, that's in my link tree. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> um, but then uh, I started getting a lot of abuse and a lot of hate, particularly on TikTok. And that was quite off-putting. Mm -hmm. um, that stopped now. And I think now that people get the fact that I'm playing a character, a lot is forgiven because it's, it's comedic. And, you know, I think it is the right step to take as far as South Asian drag is concerned because once you infuse comedy into, into it, you're able to catch capture a wider audience because mm. they feel at ease. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, they, they do, and they, they I'm not feel like part of their, it. Yeah, and like I'm, they're your cousins, and, and I'm not threatening their mindsets. You know, yes, all coming for their religion or exactly, anything like that. exactly. And then now, um, it's been wonderful, and there is this real sense of ownership that I get um, from uh, you know people who support my drag. They read, they, I feel like they know the character better than I do sometimes. Yeah. Everyone knows you. Everyone and knows a Bushra. They just, they, just, yeah, exactly. And, and when they, they get just it, get it. And they, they have this real, um, strong affinity to the character. And it's like, oh my God, Bushra's coming. And there's this genuine sort of excitement. Uh, and it's really, really nice. It really, because really is Because it's nice. very much like, what the fuck is she going to do or say next? Because I've got to interject again. You keep it fresh. Yeah, like new numbers, new comedy, new looks, new yeah. blah, blah blah. Why is that so? Why do you constantly keep it fresh? Well, as you can. Obviously, some people still want the iconic numbers. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm so early on in my sort of a, a entertainment career. I've got a lot to prove still. Yeah, 
Um, also, I think as a creative, it's important to do that and which is to create. And, you know, I have a mind, I have a ticker that constantly goes. And then I have a mind too. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, ideas will come organically or sometimes people will pass in my way. They'll say, you need to do a number with X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. Um, so I think for me, that's really, really important. And uh, particularly with gay audiences, you know, when it's a straight audience, they might not be able to tell you from one queen to the other. Whereas the queer audiences, um, they know their queens, they know them well. And I tend to find that they are a very astute audience and they can be difficult to please. So if you constantly bring them something new and fresh, they appreciate that. And also what I've realized is that different people connect to different things. I thought I was the only person who did that, but no, everyone's like that. <laughs> so somebody will appreciate the new outfit. Somebody will appreciate the improved makeup. Somebody will appreciate the comedy. Somebody will appreciate the new number. So there's a bit, there's something mm. there for everyone, you know? Of course. And you you say, you've said quite a lot today, you know, you're the actor that plays Lady Bushra. You know, and there's quite a transformation, yeah. I have to say. Oh, yeah, of course there is. Because I don't sound like this as Bushra. No, we know, we know. <laughs> so let me finish my question, you little bitch. Yes. You said you're the actor that plays Lady Bushra. Now, why is it, or is it important that you keep yourself separated from the character and you keep acting the character? or And then as an extension question, as an extra challenge. Go on, Chanel. As an extra challenge. Um, have there been any struggles between the identity of yourself and Lady Bushra and like the blurred lines? Um, I think initially I was a little bit concerned that I would lose my own sense of identity yeah. and that Bushra would take over. Um, and I think one of the reasons why was because I started referring to myself as Bushra. Yeah. In the sense that it was like, what do I wear? Does this look good on me? And where am I going? Do you know what I mean? It was a lot of that. Um, and I really enjoy my persona out of drag. Yeah. I, I do like... Well, someone has to. I, <laughs> I, I like the way I look out of drag. I like, um, you know, the things that we do um, that are outside of drag. We've got our podcast and we've got everything else. Um, there was one point where I was a little bit worried and uh, there was that slight blur and I didn't quite know what to do with it. And th I know that this is something that a lot of drag artists struggle with where their boy self is neglected because... The artist, so especially uh, drag queens who are yeah, you know, yeah. Whereas the queen, yeah. whereas the queen that they've created takes center stage, and that can be difficult because you know if you're a well-established drag artist who is booked five nights a week, yeah, you're not going to have a lot of time for the actual person. Mm -hmm. But for me, what's been the saving grace is the fact that I play a character. Yeah, so I'm easily able to talk about. Bushra in the third person and create that distinction between myself and Bushra. It's quite interesting because I see it, that you're able to do that and I see, you know, Gareth Joyner plays the character of Myra. Myra Dubois. As well. Oh my and God, like, so getting, good. Getting to like know Gareth a bit more. It's like, oh my God, you're Gareth who plays Myra. Yeah. And he even refers to it like, oh, I'm bringing Myra here. And it's it's quite interesting, isn't I it? I love how you've made that comparison. I'm sure Myra is gonna love that. <laughs> no, girl, you know <laughs> She'll what I mean. Crucify me Don't on social start media. the drama, honey. <laughs> but yeah, like you know, the you know you can get lost in that character. But like we do, we refer to it like, oh, what outfit can Bushra wear next? And I think the moment because you've mentioned things that you you want want to wear and blah blah. blah. I'm like, yeah, that's great. You want to wear that? Mm. That in drag. Oh, yeah. you want to wear that. But how are you going to drag it up for Bushra? And how, how are you going to do it for Bushra? And as yeah. soon as that happens, it's a different playing field. Because then it's like, oh, we can go 
like balls to the wall. Yeah. Crazy, magic, crazy mental. Do you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, in doing drag in the years that you've done it, what has been the di most difficult thing to like, assimilate with or like get used to or has there been a real difficulty there? Oh, it's been a constant struggle. Yeah, go on. <laughs> I think I'm somebody who doesn't like to spend a lot of money. So initially, um, I was using everything on the cheap. So oh, yeah, of course. It's whatever was available in, you know, Lidl and Boots and AliExpress. Um, but as my drag has progressed... I'm not able to do those same things anymore. So now it's like Krylon and Revolution uh, makeup products. I think the biggest thing for me to get right has been my body shape. Yeah. That has been... The pads? I mean, bitch, what pads? <laughs> right up until I think uh, April of last year, I was not padding. I wasn't even corseted. And now the pads are right. Now, oh, the body has arrived now. The, the body? body? The body has... The well, body, honey? finally arrived the body. where is the, the body, body. <laughs> it's the body has finally arrived now and yeah it's it has that has been quite the journey um <laughs> such a gay conversation it is i'm always like what's been the most difficult thing the padding <laughs> <laughs> no but it, it, it is i know the, the, My the people listening the drug artists listening that know about it they, they'll be nodding their heads like mm -hmm, yeah, we've all been the, there the difficulty for me is that i um, pad like a pageant queen. Yeah. But I move around like as if I'm this skinny 16 year old throwing herself around. 16 now. And well, you know. And so I have you to flip that of, nine upside down, didn't you? I, I have to find a happy medium. So yeah, no, now the pads are correct. I've gone from, you know, the last um, last year, the corsets I was wearing, I swear midway through the gig, it was like as if they were doing nothing for me. And then they would start leaving marks on my body. I was my ribs were bruised because of it. But now I've moved on to like full on heavy duty steel bone corsets. And yeah, I'm so glad. <laughs> so glad. <honestly. laughs> it's been a journey. It's been hasn't a journey. it? The man behind the bush, the creation of Lady Bush. I think we could talk about it forever. Yeah. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes. There's so much to it. And for me, for me, living and being married to someone that, that does drag. Oh my God. Like we need a show about the trauma of stuff. Like, no, there's no trauma. He's a very clean one. But, like, the odd bit of glitter you find, the odd sequin <laughs> you find. You're a difficult man to please, <laughs> let's say that. You know, that girl, I support you 100 boots. Yeah, 100%. How has it been for you? Because you knew me when I was not a drag artist at all. Yeah, you're still the dumb person. <laughs> I still am the same, No, it's, it? it's been fine. I think you're more concerned of how it's been for me. Yeah, I am, You always. know, you've always been worried, like, when it started, is this okay? What will he say? Yeah. Well, I don't know because I know that these days things have changed so much and people are like, if I'm a drag queen, I don't care. If you don't like it, you can fuck off. But for me, um, I always am conscious of what somebody signed up for and, you know, people change over the years and, you know, I never gave any indication that I wanted to be a drag queen. Yeah, I still haven't given you any indication no. that I want to be a drag queen. I never knew that I needed, wanted to be one. But it just so happens that that's the way I channel my art right now. And, um, you know, it is quite a physical transformation. And um, I always worry. I'm like, I, I wonder whether that's cool with him. But you're right. I am still that same dickhead. You are. Underneath. And... 
it's just a character that I play. Oh, yeah. For me, it arrives when the wig comes on. Oh, I know. And then <laughs> you're like, yep, she's entered the building. And then, you know, the minute I get home, I, I have that distinction between, you know, what I'm like outside and what I'm at, at home. Uh, and I think that's going to do well for me. Oh, no, 100%. It's, it's really important to know who you are as outside of Bushra. Yes. Stuff. But like, the thing is for me, when you start, when you, when you started doing it, it was like, yeah, he's doing this. It's fun. You know, it's a sari and a wig, blah, blah, blah. And it started delving to makeup. I was like, okay, this is going somewhere. And I just, I just sort of paused. But like, for me, the support, I don't care about the makeup. Like, the support comes from the fact that I saw that it was, you know, the potential in it as well. Yeah. So that aside, our relationship aside and stuff, and we're, yeah. we're very good at doing that. It's yeah. like, I was like, okay, this has really got potential to, to do great things. So my thing was saying to you, Baby, if you're gonna do this, you're gonna do it right. Yes. If if we're gonna do this, we're gonna do it right. Yes. We're gonna you're, you're gonna be the best. Yes, absolutely. You know, you're gonna strive to be the best at everything, and that comes in time, obviously. Mm. You know, let's get the let's let's get it all. Get get the makeup right. Get the padding. Get the oh, the makeup's get, right now. I know. Get the wig. Get the like. Keep improving, improving because you know it's important as well for you to have that support system around you when you when you delve into something like that and you're transforming like that because you can get in your head, can't you? And that kind of stuff, but yeah, you're, you're killing it. Yeah, thank you. Killing you. it. Well done, honestly. You gotta, you gotta have people around you that um, are gonna support you and want to be around you because you don't want to be that artist that. Is, well, I don't want to be the artist that's like, well, I don't care what anyone says, and I don't care if there's no one there, and I'm miss sickening 2022. It's like, no, you, you, you know, if you're not doing it in your bedroom and if you're doing it outside. Yes, have fun, but you are you are doing it for more than just yourself. Like, you're the you know, children, what they you're, need. You're feeding the children. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'm I'm glad. I'm grateful. It's going well. Let's keep going. And I, and just a quick shout out. You know, uh, when I first started, there was a lot of like conversation around race and exclusionary and blah blah blah. I have to say that ninety plus percent of the time, I have not seen it. Yeah, and there are so many Caucasian queens out there that I honestly would not be able to do without because fab. they have been excellent. They have supported me. They have advised me. You know, right from the start when I moved uh, here, Cheddar messaged me saying "Welcome home," and you know that that is something that that's Cheddar gorgeous. You know that's something that will stay with me for forever. Um, Licorice Black has been wonderful. Juno Birch has been excellent. Donna Trump. Um, Narcissa Nightshade, Julie Noted, who's retired, but I hope she comes back soon. Um, and then obviously, you know, Charlie, Auntie Ginger, and some of the younger queens as well, like Sophia Stardust, uh, Naya Thorne, Vinyl Noir. I love them all so, so much. <laughs> and they're just absolute superstars. And they've just been wonderful. They really, really, really have. I, you know, I really feel well assimilated into a lovely community. So let's keep going. And that. Ladies, gentlemen, non-binary pals, was the man behind the bush. The bush. How do you feel? Do you feel? Do you feel vindicated? Do you feel like I've ripped your soul out? I don't feel vindicated. <laughs> There's no vindication needed. I feel a little bit exposed because, like, I feel like people are going to be put off by me. They're going to be like, "This boring intellectuals behind bush." Right? Intellectuals. I am an intellectual. Wow. You, you said, don't know me. You said plural, so you included me. So I'm taking it. <laughs> but no, this has been good. Does I it like... annoy you, by the way, when I come up with an idea like we need to do this? <laughs> 
<laughs> what annoys me is when you come up with an idea and you realize within seconds that it's terrible <laughs> and then and then I don't know what to do. Like either I say it's terrible or I just write it down and forget about it. Most of my ideas are really good. Fuck off. No, most are. But then sometimes you're like, you'll come up with a really inappropriate joke about something completely different and you're like, you should write that down for Bushra. And I'm like, <laughs> how? That's just me trying to get you cancelled. Yeah, literally. How is like... Sewage pipeline breakdown funny for Bushra. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> this I feel exposed. <laughs> so yeah, no, I it's uh, it's good fun. I can't so, wait for yeah. part two. Oh wow, okay then. <laughs> wow, the fucking bitches arrived now. Yeah, think they're gonna get a part two out that you don't love me, boys. And obviously, you think that you think that. Obviously, the biggest shout out goes to you. Can't oh, do it without you. you. You are my. Um, platform inclusion everything <laughs> you are my support system I can't do it without you of course oh, thank 100%. you that means a lot you're very very supportive I appreciate you and on that note we need to go for a business lunch is it a business lunch well it's a lunch but we've got to discuss a few things why okay we'll eat yeah we're just gonna eat oh yeah no we'll discuss stuff anyway okay I'm just being a diva <laughs> diva <laughs> get out <laughs> love you bye everyone thank you very much for bye. listening we love you but Bushra you doesn't love, love you <laughs> what bye thank you for listening to the you don't love me podcast with Amir and Amir for all the latest happenings, you can follow us on Instagram at You Don't Love Me Boys. That is at You Don't Love Me Boys. <laughs> <laughs>